what an appropriate song. We made it through this year, fantasy football with COVID, and I feel like all things considered, it was pretty smooth. Yeah, I think, I mean, there were obviously a couple of weeks that we can highlight for any team that was looking at part of this, whether it was, you know, this week with no Cleveland wide receivers, yep. you know, a week where we didn't have Denver Bronco quarterbacks. Um, but through and through, man, it's a great way to celebrate. It was another great fantasy season. I believe we owe a big congratulations to a very specific member of this group um, with it. And Yeah, congratulations know. to Zane. I mean, the second year, Zane is the, you know, we have a different champion. And Zane's team, I feel like, really, um, I mean, we'll go more in depth on things, but his yeah. team just really hit its stride in the playoffs. And yeah. you got to give him props for pulling that off. And his team, you know, banners fly forever. He's a champion. Yep. And putting your putting your stake in there that says, hey, I'm a champion before I take last place or any of that stuff is <laughs> kind of a cool piece. But, I mean, as we progress and everything like this, we know championships don't live forever. Um, you know, maybe we'll get Zane a banner to hang in his, you know, beautiful, sunshiny Florida place <laughs> and live the dream so his daughter can appreciate all of dad's glory. But, you know, it's it's another year done, sir. And it's what a year it was. Yeah. So let's just we'll recap, you know, what what we saw unfold in week 16. And we'll start with the third place game um, that is known as Kamara Geddon. Um, <laughs> Kamara went for 56 points and it the rest was history after that. I mean, yeah. Stefan dominated. Um, is there anything really more to touch on besides the fact Alvin Kamara's ridiculous? I, I mean, Stefan's team put up a, a very good piece to it. Brandon Cooks had a great game, which you typically mm-hmm. don't see out of that. Eric Ebron learned how to catch the ball. Um, Tom Brady had a had a hell of a week. And I mean, on the flip side for you, it was you got a good week out of out of Dalvin Cook, not a great week. Um, Kyler Murray was Kyler Murray. Al Robinson looked very good, but a, kind of a little bit of an underperformance in some of the other positions. Deshaun Watson did his part, but Daryl Henderson going out was kind of rough. And yeah, you played against Kamara, which sucks too. No, not many people were beating Alvin Kamara this week. So for no. Stefan, kudos on third place. You know, he was the the first inaugural inaugural league champion. So kudos to him for you know that's pretty impressive. First place and third place back to back years. Yeah, I think I think it's something that you can definitely tote your hat at. My question for you is do you think more teams won having Alvin Kamara on their team or Devontae Adams? I would say Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I would agree. I think Kamara would have been on more championship teams. But do you know who probably wasn't on a whole lot of championship teams? Matthew Stafford. No, sir. And uh, it's always disappointing when you just know like kind of the matchup is over like ahead of time. And this was a Saturday game, I believe. And uh, poor Kevin. I mean, Matt Stafford gets injured in the first quarter. And that was, I mean, if we're being honest, all we wrote for Kevin's team. Yep. And that was, I mean, that took out, Stafford goes down, that takes out Marvin Jones. Mm -hmm. That basically writes the seal there. Anytime you play a stack and you have a very important part of your stack go down, you can't feel good. And on the flip side, you know, going up against a 40-point Mike Evans with it, you, you don't really feel great with. No, not at all. I mean, Mike Evans, like, there was so many impressive performances this week. We mentioned Kamara, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike Evans is, like, fifth or sixth on that list, but he had an absolutely monstrous game. And, uh, you know, if – I mean, before we jump into the teams, I mean, anything else, like, just from this matchup? Because uh, Mike Evans, I think, we'll definitely have to talk about for Zane's team. 
Yeah, I think the interesting piece is how Zayn survived some of these low performances. Tyler Lockett was less than spectacular. Less than spectacular. Russell Gage was an interesting play. With it, Dallas Goddard kind of did his thing. Um, you didn't get a massive week out of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you got double digits, but you know Zayn overcame some hurdles, and it came from a couple key pieces like a David Montgomery, a Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor has really shown that he can take care of the indie backfield. Yeah, and I mean it obviously helps when Kevin's team shits the bed. Yes, um, you know. If I told you before this week that Del or uh, Derrick Henry was only going to score nine point eight points, you'd probably say Kevin has no shot in hell of winning. Yeah, correct. I think that was that was everything Kevin needed and more. And Kevin yeah. got a big week last week to put himself in the championship game. And hey, at the end of the day, even losing the championship championship game, you make more money than Stefan did. So yeah, no, I mean it's there's nothing to you know lose sleep over for finishing second. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, but let's 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 get a little bit more in depth. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we've spent probably the last month or so kind of looking at each team and going a little bit more in depth on all of them. And there's two teams that we haven't touched on, the two teams that were in the, you know, championship. And let's start with the runner up and we'll look at Kevin's team. And when we look at Kevin's team, it's it's interesting because for in just in fantasy in general, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We try to like project things and oftentimes we're wrong. A few times we're right. And I think for Kevin's situation, we were right. I mean, quarterbacks was a problem for him all season. And unfortunately, you know, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, uh, Matt Stafford, that just was not the winning combination. Uh, trading for Ryan Tannehill definitely helped, but you know, it was like putting, uh, couple of band-aids on a sinking ship it wasn't gonna write the solution so when we look at going into this offseason i mean kevin's got i think great pieces outside of quarterback and with that said i mean quarterback has to be atop his list on things to address yeah i would i would agree with that and i think there's a lot of exciting pieces around this you have a young kid like brandon iok that really really stepped up and blossomed in a quarterback depleted san francisco offense calvin ridley looks looked absolutely outstanding with it, but I want to make a case for somebody that I think should be the MVP of the league. And that's Travis Kelsey. 11 of his four, 11 of his 16 games. I'm sorry, 15 games. Cause he had a buy in there. You know, he was over 20 fantasy points. That's understanding. We do play in a, you know, a premium league. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah. I mean, even with all that, he's over 1400 yards receiving over a hundred catches. I mean, 11 touchdown catches, like that's as good for DeAndre Hopkins and you know all yep. top Adams, any of those guys absolutely let alone a tight end and that's something for Kevin you've got to feel good you made that play and he kind of puts you into the situation where you are the question is is can he keep that productivity up and I think as long as you got a Patty Mahomes you're doing good but there's a lot of young and youthful pieces on this team some of them have question marks Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. Nobody's really 100% sure what Sam Darnold's going to be. I know in our group conversation, we had a little bit of this between between the four of us that was pretty good. But nobody his future's uncertain, and we should have a Absolutely. couple different opinions. Daniel Jones is another interesting one. Um, I don't think New York moves away from Daniel Jones, but you can't imagine that his leash is very long. Agreed. With that. Um, Robbie Anderson, another young, good kid. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be a free agent this coming offseason. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's see what happens with him. Michael Pittman's looked absolutely outstanding. Mike Gusecki showed that he can build chemistry with some of these younger guys. But 
nobody's really 100% sure how kind of how everything else fits in. Um, James White's a lost guy in the backfield. Todd Gurley, nobody knows what's going to happen with. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, we can't imagine is going to have any more years, but Larry Fitzgerald has shown that, you know, age is just He's a number. Frank Gore. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, Hunter Henry, I believe, is a free agent coming up, is he? Yes, he is. Yep. Oh, God, look at me. Knowing my football you. knowledge with this. You're just dominant. So, I, I think it's because I'm drinking red wine tonight and I'm not on vodka. Ooh, you're a very sophisticated fella. Tonight. I'm celebrating Zane's Zane's uh, victory right here. So I had to open up a nice <laughs> bottle of red wine that my old man, old man gave me for Christmas. I'm also on a brand new mic set. So shout out Jerry for hooking a brother up on a, on a podcast night. Um, but for Kevin, I mean, I think you got to feel continue to feel really excited about what you're doing and you have some of the biggest names in fantasy production. With yeah. it, it's, how do you address some of the other pieces to make sure that you solidify? As we've seen, that 2020 shown us anything is depth. Do you have yes. depth to contend? Yeah, and I mean, when you look at, we didn't touch on draft picks. Kevin has two second round picks. Um, one of those being Armand, so that's going to be the pick 13, basically a first rounder, yep. and that's it. Um, in 2022, Kevin only has a fourth round draft pick, and come 2023, he has all his draft picks. So. Short term doesn't have a great draft pick situation, um, so he doesn't have a lot of bullets to maybe um, make an immediate impact with this quarterback hole. Um, I mean, when you look at Kevin's team, you know, you mentioned Travis Kelsey, you obviously alluded to Derrick Henry, um, J.K. Dobbins is someone that we expect to maybe take a bigger role going forward. And then just some of the younger wide receivers you touched on and Brandon Ayuk, you know, Kelvin Ridley has ascended to maybe a top five wide receiver in Dynasty. And, you know, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, Kevin got nothing from him all season. Yeah, that was you gotta assume he's He's a free agent to be. He could potentially be in a new situation and really skyrocket. But Kevin has like all the pieces but quarterback. You know, what type of quarterback would you need to see Kevin add or does he need to add a quarterback for him to, you know, potentially take the next step and potentially win a title next year? The thing is, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks. And obviously yep. Sam Darnold is a big one there. Marcus Mariota is a very interesting one with the with the one game that we saw that he looked good with. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is the stud on Kevin's roster mm-hmm. with it. I don't think that's an aggressive statement with it. Matthew Stafford has shown that he's going to have an illustrious mm-hmm. career. You know, thank God Matt Patricia's gone, which I think helps Stafford's case. But how much more are we going to see out of a 32-year-old Matthew Stafford with it, and with the injury pieces coming along? I, I think Kevin does have to make a move for for quarterback. I think if Sam Darnold doesn't get the starting position that we anticipate, that at least I don't think Sam Darnold's going to be a starter in 2021. Um, I'd say 50-50 is a starter. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a really good choice. Yeah. It. So it's not really, <laughs> it's it's not really bad for you, bud. Hard, but... <laughs> Um, it's interesting because obviously Daniel, I think Daniel Jones starts, Ryan Tannehill starts, Matthew Stafford starts. So, I mean, let's, okay. You don't don't feel excited, right? Well, yeah. I mean, let's look at Tannehill. Do you, would you say, would you feel comfortable with him being a top 12 quarterback next year? Yes. All right. So then Stafford is presumably his number two quarterback. Yep. I mean, where would you put him? 17 to 20. Now, can Kevin win with that? If let's say Stafford is a top 20 guy, if I told you he's a top 20 guy and I told you Tannehill is top 12, how high does maybe Tannehill have to be on that top 12? Or is that enough? It's not enough. So, okay. So let's say if Stafford's a top 20, 
if Tannehill's a top eight quarterback. Is that enough? Top six. Top six. So he's yep. basically got to be that elite tier, like that 23 points a game, easy, like just set and forget and dominating. I mean, we talk about that currently. Matthew Stafford is QB 16 on the on the season with it. Yep. Ryan Tannehill is QB 7. Mm-hmm. And Kevin finished in a runner-up position with it. I think those couple little bit of steps with with that. But I mean, I mean, at this point in time, I'm splitting hairs between seven and six, and a guy that's between fifteen and twenty. Right. With it. Like this is literally exactly what he's what he's done. But this comes up from a step up from J.K. Dobbins, a step up from Brandon Ayuk. You know, do we see the fact that? Um, Kenny Galladay is healthy. Juju Smith-Schuster finds himself into a better position with it. I think there's a couple pieces that impact Kevin's ability, but he needs to get the exact same performance or better from these quarterback situations to really put his team over the edge. Yeah, and I mean, so let's say hypothetically Kevin did want to upgrade upgrade at quarterback. You know, when you start looking at, like, who would he trade for and who would move a quarterback, he's not going to get Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to get Lamar Jackson. He's not you know, going to get Josh Allen. He's not going to get Josh Allen. <laughs> he's probably not going to get one of my quarterbacks. I doubt Nick would move Dak Prescott. And then when you get to, like, Sam's not going to move Joe Burrow. Tua's not going to go anywhere. Um, I mean, then you're down to, like, the Jared Goffs, the Matt Baker? Ryans, the Baker Mayfield. Ah. But then, I mean, are any of those guys like are those kind of on par with Matt Stafford? No, I think I think Kev, this is Kevin's rock in a hard place. This is where Kevin has to figure out how much he's willing to part with to solidify a quarterback position, or is he going to begin to try and move what very little draft capital he has to move up to a position to grab one of those guys? I was just going to say this is Kevin's he, kryptonite right now. Can Kevin overpay? Is there a scenario where Kevin could overpay for Trevor Lawrence? A hundred thousand percent. So what does that even look like? I think Kelsey starts in that that starts that package. Okay. I don't so, I don't see anybody moving out of that spot for a Trevor Lawrence unless you're getting a fourteen hundred yard tight end premium. So I'm gonna like, the bees knees. Go ahead. I'm gonna try to make this silly. But if you're Armand. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, okay, we'll agree he has to be in there. Let's say Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll assume he signed somewhere else, so he's going to have some buzz. So those two. And then... um, You're giving both those guys in at least the second pick, so he's picking at 13. I was going to say the second pick and then probably his first in 2023. Like, yep. Oh, that, at minimum, yes. So For, to make sure you get this kind of caliber player at 100,000%. If you're Armand, is that something that all that you'd have – would you do if you're Armand? Or are you nope. just nope. – no, you wouldn't do it? He's got a Dwayne Haskins who is now part of the Washington Free Agents. He's not playing ever. Again. With it, yep. No, his career is fucking done. Sorry for the, the Devontae Adams trade. Um. Terod Taylor, I don't think is going to be a starting quarterback anyway. Mitchell Trubisky, I think, played himself into a starting position. And another shot. Tua Tagovailoa is pulled in the ninth inning of every game that he starts. And I fucking hate the Dolphins for well, every okay. part of that. Let's say, okay, so let's say I got two, two, two is the guy. I get well, going year, back. Yeah. You have to overpay if you're Kevin. Mm-hmm. Anyone has to overpay if you want to get Trevor Lawrence. Like a thousand percent. Never, so. We said Kelsey, we said Juju, 
we said a sec- the second, the first. And what if he throws in, he says, Armand, you can pick between Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I think that's a good deal. For Armand? For Armand. Does Kevin at all entertain something like that? Absolutely not. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's so hard to overpay that much for a guy but, that. But yeah, okay. But Jacksonville's a great situation. Don't now get me wrong. Now, let's just hypothetically say Kevin did do that. I mean, he hasn't relied on Juju Smith Schuster all year. Nope. You know, he hasn't relied on Daniel Jones all year. Nope. I mean, Makes Armand a hell of a lot better. Shiravis Kelsey obviously sucks, but you have Mike Kosicki, you have Hunter Henry. I mean, that. They're no Travis Kelsey, but yeah. like oh, it's you, it's payable. You, you wouldn't pay to actually make points up. Guys. Yep. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's, I think it's interesting, and it definitely, you know, if you're Kevin, then you feel great about your quarterback position. Yeah, it's a yep. 180. Like you, if you can tell me you have Trevor Lawrence for the next like 12 years, sign me up. Yeah, and you've got a Ryan Tannehill that's playing in a very well-rounded offense, and under Mike v- Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I. That's a hard one to argue. I, yeah, I yeah, mean, it's, I, I think it's too ridiculous that it would ever happen, but it's know, something fun to think about, though. Food for thought. All right. Enough time talking about. Yeah, Kevin. Let's talk about the champ. We got to talk about the champ. And I think you mentioned something interesting um, during Kevin's segment, and you mentioned depth. And Zane's team's interesting because um, it reminds me of like an NBA basketball team, like a really good like LeBron James Lakers team, like not too great in the regular season, but once they get into the playoffs, who gives a shit because they're just going to start the best players. Like Zane doesn't have great depth right now. If yeah. we're being honest. Oh yeah. hundred percent. His starter, three backup quarterbacks. His starters are yeah. spectacular. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you look at obviously a quarterback, you know, he's got Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. And Herbert was a spectacular pick. I thought he should have gone Dobbins. I would have had Herbert, at pick five, but kudos to Zane. I mean, that was a hundred percent the right pick. Just looking back at things, and yep. then at running back, we saw Montgomery blow up. Sanders, his usage frustrates fantasy owners, but he's God yes. But then Jonathan Taylor. I mean, if Sanders is your third running back, you're probably feeling great. Hell yeah! And of course, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett. Uh, Lockett's Lockett's the one that hurts me all year with that. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely inconsistent and. You wonder if that falls on him, if that falls on Russell Wilson, if it's a combination. Who knows where the the mm-hmm. air you know falls on? But I mean, regardless, those are three you know really good wide receivers. Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram are solid tight ends, and then that's where things get dicey. You know, who's his last flex? The for the last two weeks, he's relied on Russell Gage. Um, you look at his bench. I mean. It's, I mean, Brian Edwards and Van Jefferson are rookies. Uh, Paris Campbell has been injured all year, but maybe see something with him. Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it's, this is where Zane's team just falls off a cliff. So yeah, Zane's got some depth pieces and draft pick wise. He's got a, he's got his own second mm -hmm. and he's got Nick Roos third. Yep. So he's back half of, well, no, yeah, back half with that yeah he's got the last pick in the second round and he's got a middle pick in the third round yeah. uh, for 2022 and 2023 he's only done a fourth round draft pick so he's sitting in okay shape all things considered for draft picks but you know zane was the champ and he 
his his team was lucky because if you look at his starters, he had no one that had any injury worries. Mm-hmm. He was very, I don't want to say lucky, but at Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL and he managed to make a trade with uh, Mr. Nick Ruth for Mike Evans. And kudos because I don't think he wins this title, you know, gets this far without Mike Evans. Um, so I, if this happens next year, I mean, could Zane survive if Tyler Lockett is out for the year, if Jonathan Taylor tears his ACL? I mean, as things currently stand, I'm not sure. I also think when you look at it, these are there's a couple names on this roster that Zane could move on from yeah. to maybe get some either capital or a different style of player to make him those pieces. Like Tyler Lockett's got a lot of flash and buzz to his name. Mm-hmm. And early season Tyler Lockett's the greatest thing in the world. For sure. Late season Tyler Lockett, and whether that's a Russell Wilson factor like you alluded to, or it's just the the youth that DK Metcalf gives to the team, it really is kind of shitty. I think Russell Gage has is an interesting player in yeah. the Atlanta offense with you know Julio having a lot of injury questions and concerns. You've got Taysom Hill. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Drew Brees. Is Taysom Hill Taysom Hill the answer? What's Washington no. going to do at quarterback with Alex Smith, comeback player of the year? Yeah. Um, Demir Bird has looked good. What happens if you give New England a quarterback? Um, mm-hmm. And then, like you said, you talked on some of the youth guys. I think Kyle Rudolph's dead into the pasture with part yeah. of it. Evan Ingram's an interesting piece. Brian Pro Edwards. Bowler. Evan Ingram. Yeah, sorry, yes, Pro Bowler Evan Ingram. Jesus fuck. Um, yeah, this is Zane's team so, is perplexing. I mean, it's again the first eight guys, nine guys that we listed, like counting the backup quarterback, are phenomenal. I don't know yep. if there's a roster that is better than Zane's. I think Zane's can go toe to toe with anyone else's. But again, I mean, if everyone's healthy. Depth doesn't mean shit in the playoffs. That is correct. But football is a physical sport. And, you know, year to year, injuries happen. Everyone will have to deal with them in some capacity, usually. You might get lucky for one year, but it's difficult to get lucky multiple years in a row. Um, So when you look at Zane's team, I mean, he's got a second this year, which is going to be the last pick. I mean, we saw teams move second-round picks during the draft last year and actually get, you know, some decent players. I mean, I think we saw Jarvis Landry. I know you kind of didn't work out, but we saw Hayden Hurst. We saw some tight ends move. Um, I think, I want to say there was a quarterback, maybe Big Ben or someone moved. Like, you can get a player that can perform. I mean, is that maybe the move that Zane makes or looks to make? Like, maybe try to sell his picks and get a player that can help him win now? Because when you look at his team, I mean, Zane's team is clearly in the win now. Yeah, I think it, it definitely is a win now piece. And this is where looking at acquiring older, more veteran players, mm-hmm. like some teams do to make a playoff run, might be in his better interest. And he can survive the two, three years, um, get the most out of a of a Lamar Jackson and other pieces on his roster. And then maybe we look at doing the Nick Ruth style where you take a mini rebuild in the middle of this. You Maybe you qualify and limp into the playoffs with it but you're competitive and obviously we're watching teams like sam get super aggressive armand's going to be very very hard to contend with in the next two to three years you know do we see a changing of the guard coming up with jerry too i think this this is a very interesting piece about where you choose to sell and where you maybe fly the coattails off where where if you know the saints win a super bowl drew Brees might say you know this is the way to do it um who knows and this is where 
you know, as a, as a fantasy owner and a couple other pieces with it, it's very perplexing and very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I one just thing I want to highlight, you know, Zane's team, there's two things that really stick out besides the depth piece. The yep. first is that quarterbacks. I mean, he's got three, probably top 10, top 12 quarterbacks. You can only start two. Um, <laughs> is there a trade, you know, if you had to move one of these guys, I'm assuming we both agree that it would be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, 100%. Yep. I mean, we we just talked about Kevin's team and how much how desperate he could potentially be yep. for a quarterback. I mean, is that a move for Zane to consider? I mean, if you could get, again, pulling this out of my ass, but Aaron Rodgers for, like, Matt Stafford and Juju Smith-Schuster. You still have the third quarterback. Aaron Rodgers getting up there in age. I mean, is a move like that something that could potentially... You know, it'd be a win-win for both teams, just in my quick, off-the-cuff, yep, throwing it out there. So I think the interesting piece is, it's something that makes sense for Zane from a very close perspective, but that very much limits what Zane's additional resources are, potentially in coming years. Because as we've seen, quarterbacks, you find in the draft, and you've got to have those draft picks to be able to acquire that. And Zane doesn't have those in 21, but he has it in 22 and 23. So not a bad way to, to to make sure that you're trying to solidify where you're at. And you have the capital that if you do want to move up to get one of these guys, that you can use those pieces to overpay for that spot in the draft. Well, I mean, this draft is going to be really interesting because... This draft is going to be great for a quarterback. Well, you know, it, it applies to Zane and it's going to apply to Kevin. It's going to apply to Stefan. It's going to apply to anyone that has quarterback issues. If all these guys declare, you know, we're looking at potentially six quarterbacks. Zane yeah. doesn't have great capital. He has a, the latest pick in the second round. But if Zane trades that pick and is 22 first, he can 100% move up with an early second or to the early second round, maybe even late first. Yep. And maybe he drafts a Kyle Trask, a Mac Jones, a Trey Lance. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it all shakes out. But Zane, if he likes a quarterback, you know, a young quarterback and wants to do that. He or, you know, 11 other people in this league can do that because if there's six quarterbacks that go, I guarantee you they're not all going to go in the first six picks or even first 12 picks. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think there's a, this is where this offseason drafting pieces, and we'll get to this in probably a later pod, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, with that, there's a lot of interesting pieces with what could happen in a draft perspective from the picks that we have and teams that could have the capital to move up to either snipe somebody's pick, like, yep. you know, the bear snipe some team to pick up, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Sorry. Um, it's, it's one of those pieces like do does moving up to make sure that you get this player pay off in the long run. Yeah. Um, anything else with Zane? I mean, he's the champ. He's in a division that, for the past two years, get a lot of been, credit, yeah. For the past two years, it's been very cut and dry on who was going to make, who was going to miss. Next year might be interesting, but seeing, I mean, early to say, but he's definitely going to be back, or he's going to be a contender for a playoff spot at the very worst. Oh, I agree. And this, I mean, Zane brings the Avengers even with the Justice League on one championship apiece. Oh yeah. With it, it's a. It's, I think this is going to set up for a fun battle. I think, you know, as we continue to evolve in the next couple of years, we're going to watch some of these teams that are acquiring draft capital begin to challenge teams. And I'm going to say it right now, not next year, but the year after, I think the league we're going to be talking about that is hella to contend with is going to be the Avengers division. Okay. I like it. I like the call. I mean, 
we always do the tables we're going to turn on the divisions. Yep. You know, Sam, Armand, Jerry, like two of the, or one of them decided right away. And the other one took over midseason and decided to rebuild. And the third one kind of just by default decided to rebuild. Yep. So those guys have been rebuilding now going into, you know, the third year in the league. Unless you are have the worst luck ever, it's pretty inevitable that your team's going to get better. Yeah, and I think that's where the draft piece gets very interesting. And, you know, as we are all nestled and snug in our beds with visions of draft day dancing in our heads. Um, I think this is something that, you know, on a future part, we get to really get excited about. And for these teams, I think they're itching to make sure that draft time comes up. We see where these guys land and they finally get to pull the trigger. Or for some of these guys, move some capital to acquire other pieces. Yeah. All right. Let's move on uh, to another segment. Um Every year, we usually see um, players that dominate uh, towards the end of the season, and it gets us all very giddy, you know, with excitement and optimism for what the future might hold for them. Last year, we saw Tyler Higby. Ooh, year Tyler Higby. Year before that, you know, Dante Pettis. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Um, who I mean, do you so, want to? Uh, no, let me ask you this question. So, yeah. obviously, you brought up Higby. Yep. And this is a guy that dominated the back half of playoff perspectives. He was yep. a, he was probably one of the many reasons that a couple teams won a playoff perspective. He was the reason why I won one league for sure. Yeah. So, but this year he sucked donkey dick. He was not great. He had it was bad. So great stats for Tyler Higby. Last year, he finished, he was the only tight end to have five 100-yard receiving games in a row. Travis Kelsey might have broken that this year. I don't know. This year, he hasn't even broke 70 yards once. Okay, so my question That's for insane. you is, is who's this player? Who's a, who's a guy that you saw that was really pretty decent during this back half of the season, whether it was just playoffs or the last couple weeks, that you're not really excited going into, into 2021 that you think could have this bullshit year? Well, okay. I'm not going to say that I'm not excited about them, but I think there's four guys that fit the Tyler Higby mold in the sense that their value is going to be very high. Now, okay. that doesn't mean that I'm going to say they're going to bust next year, but I yep. think that they are their value right now could potentially be at the highest. Yeah, and, and this is and this is one of those ones where does it make sense to potentially move this guy yeah. coming off of the high? Yes. Yes. So um, I mentioned going back to Zane's team that there were two things that stuck out after the depth. The first was quarterback. And the second is David Montgomery. Um, David Montgomery, since coming back from the injury, uh, he has been phenomenal. Over 20 points, maybe even over 25 points a game. Um, He was a big reason why Zane and many other teams dominated in the playoffs. Um, Montgomery and the Bears, you know, the offense as a whole is doing very well. But again, you know, we've seen it with Higby. We've seen it with Pettis. There's probably five other guys people can name. This doesn't always last. Um, as far as Montgomery in the future goes, I'm, I don't think he's going to turn into a pumpkin like Higby did right away. But I think this top 10 running back status, I don't think will last. I think he'll settle in as like a high-end RB2. Um, what do you think about Montgomery? Any thoughts? Uh, I've the Bears as an offense is a very perplexing piece. <clears throat> Matt Nagy gives up play calling. They kind of lay a goose egg in the first week that this happens, but then the offense sparks and takes off. David Montgomery's put up at least 20 fantasy points in every week, the last five weeks with it. And that's not even with the fact that he's 
broken a hundred yards rushing. He saw in the end zone in four of those five games. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, five of those five games. One was a receiving touchdown. Yes, but sir. in the last five weeks, he's had one, three, five, six, seven, eight touchdowns in the last five weeks. That's pretty spectacular. Now, I don't think you expect that to continue. And I think depending on how the Bears address their offseason needs, if they go more skill position than you know what I'll call the stud position in the offensive line, yeah. David Montgomery could be in for a very rough slate. Yeah, I mean, and also Cohen's been injured all year. Yeah, Cohen um, coming not, back is going to eat into his line share. You would assume. Um, and potentially, who knows what happens with Mitch and even the quarterback, or excuse me, the coaching staff. Um, yep. Obviously, there's optimism for Bears Maggie. fans, which might be stupid, but they could potentially be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, six weeks ago, everyone wanted these guys fired immediately, and some still do. Yeah, I, I was part of that train. I'll admit that. But, I mean, things could change um, for better or worse. So who knows really with Montgomery. Um, When we look at Zane's team, any thoughts? I mean, should he be jumping to sell this guy? Or is he just ride it out and you believe? I mean, he's got two young depth pieces. But the problem is, is after those two depth pieces, Jarek McKinnon definitely cannot be your answer. No. In that backfield. And having that third depth piece is very important as Nick Ruth, you know, RIP him joining the podcast um, is talked about how replaceable and short-lived careers are from the running back perspective. Yeah. I don't think he's movable. I think you ride him to what you, what you can get out of him. I think this is a draft need that you begin to assess as to how do I get another Jonathan Taylor or, you know, piece that makes sense for me. Cause there's only five running backs on his entire roster for Zane. Right. I think Zane's got to keep the pieces he's at and add more to it. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be, I I'm kind of with you. I think if someone values David Montgomery, like as a top six or seven running back, you know, if you could get a package similar to what Kevin got for Travis Kelsey, like basically one and a half first and like a really, really good player. Um, I would consider that. Um, just because it's a running back and running backs values can change so quickly. Um, and especially ones that, you know, Montgomery, I think is a good player, but I don't think he's, um, an elite, like freak player, like Christian McCaffrey, Delvin cook, Derrick Henry. So if the system isn't there for him, I think the value would, you know, change quickly for him. Yep. And this is, do you had your bets? Where do you yeah. play your cards at? Are you going to get the production that you got out of them here? Or do you cut ties like Jerry did with, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. Zeke? I mean, it's it's a crapshoot and you hope it is. And, cards right. and the tiebreaker might be Zane's contending. So, yep. Yep. I agree. Um, um, is there another player? Oh, yeah. We've got, I've got all oh, four total. Okay. So let's, let's roll, brother. It seems like every year a running back just rolls off the streets for San Francisco and dominates. <laughs> oh, and fuck. Okay, I know this guy now. There's been injuries, obviously, but Jeff Wilson, you know, there's definitely, like, Nick Ruth, you know, right now, is, like, talking himself into Jeff Wilson being a game-changer in 2021. Um, is Jeff Wilson Raheem Mostert? You know, Mostert obviously has battled injuries this year, but he... Shanahan has trusted him as the lead back from what he saw last year. I mean, has Wilson done enough to maybe be the lead back? Um, or is this just Shanahan shenanigans and you really can't trust it? Uh, I want to say it's Shanahan shenanigans. I do. 
it's one of those ones where Jeff Wilson has shown that, you know, this is everything that it is. Last week put up 27 points against a, a decent Arizona run defense, 183 yards rushing on 22 attempts. But I don't feel good with it. I mean, the fact that that he had 32 in week seven, 27 in week 16, 12 in week 15, 21 in week three, and then was non-existent every other week. That's a Shanahan thing for me. And as long as Shanahan has control of this offense, this is this is one of the hardest offenses in addition to the Belichick Patriots to work with. I'm not going to buy Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I, I think it's Shanahan shenanigans. Um, All right. Two but, for two. I mean, but, I mean, for Nick, you – you're no one's going to trade you anything substantial for him. No, so this, you is gotta, a, this is a hope and prayer to start the season. Then you move him. Exactly. Yeah. You got to ride it out and maybe you'll get lucky come September. Um, all right. This guy has been the toast of the town. Um, Jalen hurts. It, you know, there's a lot of things working with him. Is he going to be the yeah. quarterback for Philadelphia next year just to begin with? And if he is, you know, can he continue kind of this uh, production that we've seen him um, do over the last, is it three weeks, four weeks? Three weeks, um, yep. What, um, I mean, I guess let's start. I mean, we've we've talked about this, but is Hurts going to be the starting quarterback going into 2021 for the Philadelphia Eagles? So I, what did I say last week? He's got to put up 22. You got to put up 22, and last week he only put up 17 and a half. Um, but I don't know. Is it bad that it still looked impressive? I was going to say, I mean, it was against the Cowboys, but I mean, he put up a lot of pass yards. Um, he did unfortunately have two interceptions. Um, I believe he had a costly fumble as well. Um, yeah, he did fumble and he had two fumbles and lost one of them. Right. But I mean, the yards wise, I mean, over 400 total yards again. That's, I mean, 342 in the air, 69 on the ground. That's impressive. Um, he gets a good test this week against Washington to actually win Philadelphia. This uh, is going to be in prime time. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Philadelphia is out. Philadelphia is out. He can't but do anything can play, with it. They but they can spoilers. play spoiler. Yeah. Yep. So the, you know you, there's a lot of and pride. And you know he's going to. You oh, know this is going to happen, right? And it's just going to be that that shit on the chest for Alex Smith. With well, it. I, I mean, and Washington, I think he starts. A, Washington has a great defense, too. So if he does do it and look good, he's going to earn it. He starts. Yeah. So you think he'll be the starter? I think game. he starts. I think this is – I think Philadelphia either sucks it up and just benches Wentz with it. But I just – if you get the production that you get out of him these last couple weeks against a very, very decent pass defense in Washington, yep. he's going to beat him out every single time. Yeah. He's I, more I'm, He's more mobile. He gives you more options and more versatility in the playbook. He, yes, he's young, but we expect him to throw the interceptions with it. So yep. he's thrown three in four weeks compared to the fact that he has six touchdowns with it. He's rushed for over the last two weeks. I just shy of 300 yards. If my math is pretty good and quick with it, that's not bad. No, I mean, and you got to remember the first game, which he did have that interception. He was coming in uh, mid game for um, Carson Wentz. So that New Orleans game was really the first one that he had uh, like full rep of practice. I'm with you. I think he'll definitely get earn the opportunity to start the season. Um, but with that said, I mean, what we've seen the last three weeks have been pretty much like close to a top 10 or 12 quarterback. Um, we're, I mean, should Sam 
be hyped to have Jalen Hurts, or is he a sell high um, and kind of will he bust out? Maybe his defensive coordinators have a chance to look over the tape, uh, really take it in and game plan for him uh, at the se- when the season starts next year. <laughs> I think this goes back to the Lamar Jackson piece we saw when Lamar Jackson took over mid-year for Joe Flacco. It was Joe Flacco, right? Uh, yes. Joe yeah, Flacco. Flacco. And then won a bunch of games, got in the playoffs, played the Chargers again, and then just got fucking shut the fuck down. Yep. The more you see a guy, the more you have the ability to game plan around him. And Jalen Hurts is going to require those pieces to it. I still don't think you move him. I think, you, I think you're right. At, I think the guy you move is Wentz. Because I think Philadelphia moves him, and I think, yeah. I think, I mean, there's a couple situations that where Wentz could end up that doesn't look good, and yeah. the injury history, at least for this year, is concerning. I think Hertz is the guy you stick with. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that because, like, let's be honest, we've seen Hertz for three weeks, and we're going to see him for a fourth week. I mean, the full time starter. Who knows what he does this week? But like, even if he has, let's say, a a solid game. Not bad, not amazing, but just solid. Is someone real? Would someone trade a first round pick for him? Would you trade your first round pick for Jalen Hurts? You have it. No. So I mean, I think I don't think Sam no. would get a first. Yeah, yeah, It'd okay. Be difficult. So yeah, if Sam's not going to get a first, why is he going to move a guy that he got in the third round? Like he's playing with house money at this point. So I think it's a classic case of you know Sam. I'm sure would love to move him. But no one's gonna pay him like enough to entice him to move it. Like a second round pick, if I'm Sam, I'm I don't really care for that. Yeah, I I would agree. I think this is a this is a very interesting player. Yeah, I think it's a classic hold. Um, Sam might regret it in like you know nine months or ten months, whenever the season rolls around, um, and wherever if he's starting or not, and if he is starting, maybe he's bust. But I think it's a good dice roll. Yeah. All right, so you so get one, one more, right? One more, and this is like basically Tyler Higby, uh, Logan Thomas, oh. tight end for the Washington football right. team. Um, I'll let you jump in with your thoughts. I think this is truly the Tyler Higby of this. I don't see it happening next year. I think this is truly the of the players you talked about. This is the guy that I think could be the biggest potential bust out of all four. All four of them. He's. He didn't develop rapport with Dwayne Haskins. And the week Haskins started, it was kind of, it was a little rough with it. I guess that's, that's the piece. But I mean, he had a couple of decent pieces with, you know, Hineke. I just don't like it. I don't. I call it just, you know, gut feeling, call it some of these pieces. I don't see it. And if they make a massive change under center, which I believe they're going to do, Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's Alex Smith. I think they're bringing in somebody young. I think this could be very much a um, Trey Lance move yeah. in this. It's does he develop the chemistry early and often for it? Now, please don't get me wrong. This guy is tight end five in a PPR league. And I'm saying oh, yeah. it's not going to fucking happen. I think it's a very fair statement to say with the fact that he is t- tight end number five in the PPR. Because my guess is it's probably where Tyler Higby was at the end of last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, this is, you know, Tyler Higby to a T. Logan Thomas right now is capitalizing in a situation where 
The quarterbacks aren't great, so I think they target kind of the short, intermediate routes that Logan Thomas will do. His only threat um, at the pass-catching uh, side of things is Terry McLaurin, who's great, but he's been injured a little bit of late. Um, I think Thomas just, he's getting a lot of bulk work, and I don't think in a functional offense that has a good quarterback, that has maybe uh, one or two more pass catchers, uh, that has a consistent, healthy running back, I don't think Logan Thomas has anywhere close to the season that he had right now. Um, this isn't a Darren Waller situation that he's going to break out and be an elite tight end for me. Um, I think he's a solid depth piece. But if I'm, I believe, I believe Steve has him. If I'm Steve, if anyone's valuing him, if he could get like a Hayden Hurst, like second round pick type trade, I am all aboard that. Yeah, I think this is one of those ones where. I mean, obviously, I think so. It's very rare too. I want to point out you and I agree on a lot of this stuff. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think, I mean, you and I tend to have differing viewpoints. So the fact that we agree on some things is very rare and very scary. With it, yeah, um, we might be wrong here, big time. Oh, hundred percent. And this is one of those ones where, you know, I paid up a second round pick so I could grab grab Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. and that was a. I believe in that offense. Austin Hooper did great. And you know what? It wasn't exactly what I expected to be, but I still got a little bit of production. Oh yeah. Produ- production in a tight end premium league is very fantastic. Mm-hmm. And does a team take a chance on that? And I think there's a couple teams that do have a very big need in tight end depth and tight end production. And it might be worth the risk to take a shot on Logan Thomas. It yeah, might. it might. I, it, it it's might. a hard thing to say. And, Sometimes you guys are a hell of a lot smarter than we are, and we give you a lot of credit for that, whether we don't say it on the on the podcast or not. But some of the moves are better than what we anticipate them to be. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm i not a believer in uh, Logan Thomas, but I wouldn't yep. be shocked. Hey, but things but at the end of the day, this is the end of 2020. 2021 uh-huh. is an entire new season. There's new personnel. There's player movement there's different signings we have to really watch for obviously we have some free agents that's going to be coming up oh yeah it's a a very interesting dynamic as we sit in the league and having a couple moving pieces i'm curious as to how soon we're going to see some roster movement happen from a trade perspective or a untrusting perspective oh yeah and i mean like we look um, Logan Thomas, I mean, we compared obviously to Tyler Higbee, but look at on the flip side, you know, Darren Waller. Darren yeah. Waller, a lot of people were like, ooh, Henry Ruggs? Oh, they took in Nelson Aguilar? Oh, they took in, uh, who was Brian Edwards? Like, yep. they were very uh, aggressive in getting pass catchers, and everyone's like, oh, no, Darren Waller isn't going to be anything. Well, Darren Waller was still a stud. He right now, I think, is tight end two. Like, he, he proved that last season was not a fluke. Could Logan Thomas do that? Potentially, even if even if the football team, you know, does bring in another wide receiver, if they do draft or bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, if they do draft, uh, you know, Devontae Smith or something like that, like they could still be a scenario where Logan Thomas is a productive tight end, mostly because tight end is really crap after like the top six or seven. Like it doesn't take much to be a top, 12 tight end if you're featured in the offense and pulling out your inner Nick Ruth right there. Well, and, but also too, like one thing that you can't forget, you mentioned like new personnel. Um, Obviously. uh, Why am I blinking on the head coach name? Of the Washington. Washington, Ron Rivera. 
Ron Rivera isn't going anywhere, and we've seen that his offense does feature the tight ends, for which, whether it's Greg Olson or now Logan Thomas. So who knows? Maybe this is a scenario where Logan Thomas is just always going to be, if he's the number one tight end, he would be featured. So yeah, to play so devil's that, advocate. Yeah, no, it's all good. So I'm going to call it one last thing here, which is completely sure. off script. Yep. Six teams used all their free agent budget. Six teams had free agent budget left. Okay. Zane left $99 on the table. That's the highest in the entire league, which means his roster was built and maintained with all but $101. Big kudos for what he had. Or he slacked too much. I mean, one or the other. I mean, there was, he had 99, which was the highest. You know, Uh Chris had 70. And then I think it's me with 38. Yeah, there were a couple teams that were right in the middle there. Spent a little bit, didn't spend enough, but six teams spent the entire wad, and mm-hmm. you know six teams didn't. I think it's a, it's an interesting piece to see how people view the free agency piece to it. Yep, and I mean it'll definitely, it'll we'll see how it goes next year because it'll reset. Everyone will get back to the hundred dollars. It's a good thing we don't carry money over. That would be a shit show. Yeah, I know some leagues do that, but I'm not. I'm no, not a fan. no, I think. All right. So, um, yeah. No, nice job to the to the two championship guys. I mean, it's nice that we have the draft order set with it. Everybody now officially and, knows where they're picking. Yes. And we, um, you know, we're going to do a few offseason pods and we'll go a little bit more in depth on things. But, you know, let's give a little teaser or maybe how we feel just early kind of projections. Look into your crystal ball, Dan. And if you had to like project, you know, for this time next year, who's going to be the best team? And who's going to be the worst team? Who's coming out in your crystal ball? Um, All right. So, so I'll stare into the. Uh, give me, give me two seconds to stare deeply into the bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Yep. Look, give it a little waft. You know. Home. Who's the best team? Do you think next home. year? Oh, this is this is a fun question with it because I think Zane's got a lot of those pieces that we can expect to redo what they did this year. Yep. For Zane, it's the depth. So I'm going to take Zane out as much as, you know, that might hurt me a little bit. I don't think Zane has the depth pieces and the ability to rebuild the depth pieces that he needs to. Okay. Stefan's an interesting one to me. Okay. And I mean, call it Justice League bias and everything like this. There's a couple pieces on Stefan's teams that I like, and there's a stuff a couple pieces on Stefan's teams that are very much a question mark. And a lot of it starts with his quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to go there either. I'm going to go to you. I think you have the most interesting lineup, the most pieces that I feel confident about with it. We know where Kyler Murray is going to be. We know where Deshaun Watson is going to be. We know where Russell Wilson is going to be. Deshaun Watson, at the very least, is probably going to get an upgrade in some of his position players. That's a big uptick. You would hope. You have many tight ends in a tight end premium league that can play. I mean, you started four this week to do it. Three, okay. Yep, three, sorry. Yeah. Um, You've got some interesting wide receiver positions. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you have a stud running back, and that's kind of important to take care of. Your draft capital is not the great, but with everything you have in there and some of the pieces you have the ability to move from a wide receiver tight end perspective, I think it gives you the cutting edge. So, I sorry, bud. I this is off script. I'm going to take you. All right. 
I think for me, when I look at it, um, I'm going to go with Kevin's team. I like, um, you know, I like all the depth that he has outside of quarterback. I think he's got, he's in a good spot for running back. I think he's in a great spot for wide receiver and tight end. He's obviously in arguably the best spot. Quarterback isn't ideal, but he's going to have Tannehill for presumably the whole year, unless he tries to trade him to Steve again and then trade back for a midway through the year. Um, and then I look at Matt Stafford, you know, he's another guy that should have a new quarter or a new coach, um, hopefully maybe a little bit better system. They might have to address some of their pass catchers or maybe they get Kenny Galladay back. And who knows? Kevin has a lot of depth. Maybe he does address that quarterback position and just true things up even more. So I'm going to look into the crystal ball. And I think Kevin is the team to beat going into the next season. Okay, so I'll counter with this. And again, this is completely off script because this is how I live my life after, Uh you know, drinking a bottle of wine. Yep. Six teams missed the playoffs this year. Uh Which team are you most excited about to make the playoffs in 2021? Well, I mean, I think he was the most exciting team last season to watch in the offseason. This will probably be the last year that he's the most exciting team. And that's going to be Sam because he has all the draft capital. Um he has, I believe, five first-round picks. He has a few second-round picks. Um, and he even has picks that aren't his for the following year, so he could even trade up. Um, I think Sam has some young talent that has played very well. And I think the division um, is a little more um, in flux compared to the Justice League. So I think Sam Sam's my team to watch. I'm not going to say he's for sure making the playoffs because I think he has, still has a lot of things to overcome you know let's hope joe burrow comes back healthy but on the flip side jalen hurts is something that i don't think he planned on so i would say sam is the one that interests me for the playoffs and also just this offseason very curious to see what he does with all those draft picks and a team that was the cupboard was bare for talent and now it's starting to fill up with some younger talent and also we didn't even mention it but aj Dillon looked goddamn amazing i hate to say that as a bears fan but yeah. they just, I mean, maybe it's just because of Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what happens with Aaron Jones. We'll touch on that next pod, probably. Uh, but yep. he's a free agent. But, yep. but Aaron Jones, or excuse me, AJ Dillon looked amazing. So I don't know. Sam's team definitely intrigues me the most. Uh, yeah, I think I think Sam's a correct answer here. Um, I think there's so many interesting pieces. And obviously, we see Nick Ruth going through a small little rebuild mm-hmm. with it. Um, he's got the bigger pieces. Jerry's going to try and give him a run for it in some of the, some of the, draft capital aspects to it, but there's so many good pieces and so much youth in this. I mean, when you're talking about your oldest players are Frank Gore and Rob Gronkowski with it. And where do you sit from a depth perspective behind it? Um, Troutman has really kind of come on of late with the, with the saints, but it's, you know, do they go through a quarterback change? Uh, Tight ends, obviously the big piece for Sam's roster. Joe Burrow, like his number one, does he come back healthy? And number two is, what's his tight end situation next year? Yep. I think so, the guy yeah. that I really wanted to see this week was I wanted to see Jordan Love play. Yeah. Like, if like if I'm Kevin, I, I'm really pissed off that Green Bay is going to try and start every single person, and you don't get to see kind of what Jordan Love can bring into this. Because this is a guy that Green Bay took in the first round. They were really excited to, to get these pieces with, mm-hmm. and you don't get to see any of them this week. Any of them. It's, he hasn't even been active, I think, at all this year, right? It's been rough. Um, no, I don't think he has been. I think this was 
the piece where if you're if you're Packers fans, you really were hoping that the Rams took care of their business so you could see Jordan Love come out, yeah. not not whatever fuck is nuts, you know, is the backup to to Aaron Rodgers with Tim it. Boyle. Tim Boyle, yeah. Like this is the guy that I wanted to see, and this is a is a curious piece to see how much time Aaron Rodgers has left and mm-hmm. what are they gonna do with this Jordan Love piece. But I think yep. yeah, Kevin's the correct or not Kevin, Sam. Sam is the correct answer with this. And I think Nick's out as it moves into it through the mini yeah. angle. Sam's got too many weapons that are coming into it. And there's definitely droppable players on Sam's side. Cause you've got to remember everybody, if you got a draft pick, you can't go over roster cap. You no. need to draft. Right your, now, yep. You got to draft Sam your people. Has, excuse me. Sam has eight, nine picks, nine, nine picks. You got to watch nine people come off of his roster. or He's got to move some of these draft picks. Yeah, and I mean, he's definitely got droppable guys. I mean, Logan would slide Brian oh, yeah. Hill to Ernest Johnson, um, Hakeem Butler, Ola B.C. Johnson, Jeff Smith, John Hightower to Michael Harris, Caden yep. Smith. So I think he'll be fine this year, but we might see come 2022 because Sam still accumulated some more picks. Uh, might get a little interesting. But enough about Sam. Let's talk about uh, if there's a best team for next year, there's unfortunately going to be a worst team. Sam was the the worst team in the first year of the league. Uh, Armand has been the worst team this year. Uh, who, at least on paper, looks like maybe the worst team going into next season? And doing some projecting, factoring in any of their draft picks, or maybe what we think they might take their team, or where they might take their team. Part of me wants to say it's Chris. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Cam Newton is going to be a very questionable piece. Jimmy Garoppolo, we have no idea if he's going to be in San Francisco or somewhere else. Drew Locke hasn't been what I hoped Drew Locke would be Yeah, with it. But there's not – Edwards Hilaire, yes, he fought through some injuries. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be his piece. Tim Patrick has been Drew Locke's favorite person. T.Y. Hilton's getting older. MVS, when he can catch the ball, is great. Carrion's basically dead. Justice Hill doesn't have a job. Benny Snell – questionable. LaShawn McCoy doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller tested for PEDs. That's probably not smart. You know, John o. Smith is is great. Greg Olson might have a career in broadcasting. One first rounder, one second rounder. Zane's third rounder, which would be the last pick in, in the third rounder. No first in 2022. I'm going to say it's Chris, and I'm sorry, brother. I like This breaks me because we were really, really high on everything you got. Scary Terry was in there. I don't see it. I think I think Chris might be the the prettiest pig in the pen at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's there's three teams that I'm debating between, and I yep. think Chris is obviously up there. I it's really tough. I think for I think for me, I would actually go Jerry, um, and it's only because Jerry has fantastic wide receivers. If Every other position was good as his wide receivers. He would be a playoff team. But unfortunately, they're not. Running back, who? Who is his top running back right now? And it, to take it oh, a step further. Tony Pollard? Yeah, probably. Maybe the Achilles turned Marlon, torn Marlon Mack. Who's his top quarterback? And Jerry does have two early draft picks. He has the second overall pick and the fifth overall pick. And maybe, you know, we see both those positions dressed. With those picks, maybe we see one of them addressed. I don't know. He'll double up. Or maybe he goes two wide receivers. I mean, or a tight end. But 
Jerry is really lacking at arguably the two most important positions for fantasy, and that's quarterback and running back. So even if you do get a rookie, you get a Justin Fields, you get a Zach Wilson. Even if you do get a running back, you get a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne or someone else. And you're still missing another quarterback. You're still missing another running back. And DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, you know, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, Henry Ruggs. A lot of good. You just listed a lot of fucking good names right there, dude. Right, right. But what I mean (laughs) is. It can't carry you. It can't carry you. Those guys can't carry those holes. Like, not those type of holes. So Mm -hmm. I think when you look at Chris's team, like, Chris's team isn't perfect. But at least he can field, like, a a roster, like, of players. Oh, yeah. So that's a slight edge right now to Jerry. Now, Jerry has a lot of draft picks. Jerry is someone that we saw last offseason be very aggressive with trades. So Jerry's team, how we look at it now and how we even project it, is probably going to be way off from very fluid, actually, yeah. from what how it actually looks come like August 27th. So it, I don't feel co- confident projecting Jerry's team, but with how I can project it right now, I think Jerry has a lot of work to do to be anything but potentially the worst team going into the season. Yeah. And you know what the best part about this is right now? What's that? That's all we get to analyze. Yeah, that's we're, it. We're done with 2020. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you survived. December 29th, 2020 is the last day where you get a final results podcast. Everything else now is off-season material. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have some podcasts coming up. We're going to look at how the off-season looks for free agents, for draft picks, for some teams, maybe talk about them some more but there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about this offseason as we continue to get more in depth from a where we can anticipate people going to and who's going to start their rebuilds because i think rebuilding is a fun thing to talk about as it's a very fluid situation absolutely so we'll be back in probably a week or two Uh, until then enjoy the real playoffs week 17 congratulations zane hey by the way we're tied for um pickums Oh shit! Do we, What's do uh, we, the time? Do we want to talk about this? I mean, is it? Do we go through and put down a um, confidence pick, and we rank all the games that we're going to see on Sunday Wait. and say, "Go ahead." Okay, I've got it. Go ahead. What do you got? We can't settle this until the start of the season. Okay. And I think I know what your answer is, so that's why I'm going to do it. Is Sam Darnold the starting quarterback in 2021 no. to start the season? No. I'm going to say yes. Okay. So that's that's where we sit now. You heard it it here first. This is where we determine to pick them. It's on. Fuck. We came down to fucking Sam Darnold for this shit. So you say no. I say yes. Now, unless he has a career injury, like or tears his ACL, but I think. No, we're going to say injury free. Yeah. So like, obviously, if he like signed with the Patriots, he's like looking like the starter for preseason and tears his ACL in week three of the preseason. Then we're right back to kissing your sister on a tie. Or we can assume he's a starter. Like, we can assume he's a starter. Oh, I'm not playing assumption bullshit. No, I mean, yeah, we're good, dude. I got you. All right. So Sam Darnold, it's only fitting. He's going to decide the tiebreaker. Sam Darnold does not start. Sam Darnold will be the starter. But you know what, man? Congrats to Zane. Let's finish with there. Congrats to Zane. Congrats, Zane. And you better keep that seat warm because there's going to be a lot of people coming for it.